0: Good morning, Coastal Church. Good to see you guys this morning. Do me a favor, all right? I'm going to make you do something really awkward. Will you do me a favor and slide to your left? Everybody slide to your left, okay? Because we're just going to need all the seats we can this morning. And uh, so I know that's weird, and we just need to... Yeah, your left. There you go. Keep going. While you're sliding, okay, get your Bible out. Meet somebody new. I know you didn't want to sit that close to that stranger, but meet somebody new. Stick your hand out. Say, my name is... Whatever your name is, okay? And that way, if people come in, they can find seats. All right, good job. This is really weird, actually. It's throwing me off. All right, do, this, do me a favor. All right, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Luke 23. Luke 23. And uh, I'm going to finish the Creed series this morning by asking you what your creed is, all right? Because we all live by a creed. I, uh, I'm finally ready to talk about it. Um, as a Seattle Seahawks fan, it, it's been a tough. The final couple weeks of the NFL was like a roller coaster ride, okay? And it wasn't just the Super Bowl. Actually, the conference championship was equally a roller coaster. Um, now, if you're a Green Bay fan, I imagine you're probably not ready to talk about it, okay? So I'm sorry for you, but you know, the, fi- uh, the for-, for 41 minutes of the conference championship game, the Seattle Seahawks played unlike I'd ever seen them play in a- several years. They uh, they were terrible. Quite Quite honestly, and so for 41 minutes, me and my two boys, our hearts were being revealed as we were yelling at the TV screen, What is wrong with you guys? Right? And then for the final four minutes of the game it was like a no turnaround I'd ever seen. And the final four minutes was just uh, exuberant celebration in the brown house. And at one point, we were screaming in celebration so loud at the television that my wife came in, she has no interest in sports, she had no idea what was going on. She comes in from the other room, peeks her head in the room, and she goes, This. This is idolatry, you know, and so, and I'm like, yeah, you're kind of right, you're probably close, and then, and then that was further revealed two weeks later as we were yelling at Pete Carroll, hand the ball off, why didn't you hand the ball off, you know, so, and so what happens is, right, we all live by a creed, and a creed reveals what's really going on in the heart. In fact, what's going to get you out of bed tomorrow morning is not the alarm clock. The alarm clock's a symptom of your creed, actually. Uh, the alarm clock is a symptom of your worldview. It's, a, hey, what is it that motivates you to get out of bed? And so we're going to bring this full circle this morning, okay? And I, you know, we just got done doing the Apostles' Creed, and, and, and we've learned some great things in reciting the Creed, some great doctrine, some great theology, and my hope now is to apply that and ask you, what, what is your creed? And I want to do that by talking about the two thieves. we got Good Friday coming up, uh, April 3rd, you know, where Christ was crucified. And we celebrate the, the, the crucifixion of Christ as p- payment or atonement for our sin. And he was crucified between two thieves, right? And there's this conversation in Luke 23 that you don't get in the other Gospels uh, where, where there's this conversation that Jesus has with these two thieves on the cross. And the, the conversation, I believe, reveals a creed. Okay? And so my hope is to, to bring this home and ask you what your creed is. So the first creed, creed number one, is what I call the scoffer's creed. Luke chapter 23, verse 39. One of the criminals hanging beside him, hanging beside Christ, scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. All right? This is the scoffer's creed. Some of you here this morning that, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're on a positive turn. You're investigating Christ. Man, we welcome you, and we want to encourage you in your investigation of Christ. But some of you, maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you got dragged here, you know, and, and, and you've been scoffing at the work of Christ. Like, this is kind of part of your creed, all right? And if you have a scoffer's creed, there's never really enough proof. There's never enough proof to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. In fact, this, this thief, he wanted more proof. He, his heart was simmering with unbelief maybe disillusionment with God. He, this thief, he wanted one more magic trick, all right? Do, hey, just save yourself. And cynically, while you're at it, save us, right? At the end, at the heart of this creed of this thief is really, it's all about me. This, this thief saying, hey, prove it by saving yourself. And By the way, us too. This creed doesn't save your soul. Uh, The creed that that saves your soul is a soul that says, you know what, I'm dying to myself and my heart is captured by something greater than myself heart worships something or someone a savior your, your heart is captured by the spirit of God by the truth of god 's word, and exalts christ that 's the saving creed, but this this is the scoffer's Creed, but there 's a second creed here this morning there 's a second thief on the cross, man I, I could just spend you know the whole service unpacking there 's so much great truth in this second creed. Creed number two is the, the second thief on the cross luke twenty three verse forty but the other criminal he protested. Don't you even fear God when you're dying? Now, we deserve to die for our evil deeds, but this man, he hasn't done anything wrong. And, and then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So let me park here and just, just bring out four quick truths this morning about a creed that will save you and save us for eternity, all right? First of all, this thief, hes his creed, he's got an appropriate fear of God. He's got an appropriate fear of God. Um, the starting point, to really being a worshiper of Christ is is to understand that God is God and you're not, right? I mean, it's a simple truth. We run through life, though, and the truth is we we kind of deify ourselves in some way. Like, I'm going to make my rules. I'm going to do it my way. But really, the beginning point of understanding you need a Savior and worshiping Christ is to understand God is God and you're not. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge. In other words, the beginning of getting it right in your life is an appropriate fear of God, Psalm 14 says, Only fools say in their hearts, there is no God. And so the first fool, the first thief really was the biblical definition of a fool, but the second thief, he, he's got an understanding, man. I, and I'm gonna, I'm just maybe moments away from giving account of my life. Hebrews says that appointed once for man, to die, and after that's judgment. He understands, man, there's a there's an appropriate place for me. I'm gonna be standing for the God of the universe. And so he has the beginning of a creed that saves. God's God, and I'm not. Second thing we learn from this thief in his creed is an appro- he has an un- appropriate understanding of his standing before God. He's got an appropriate understanding of his standing before God. Luke chapter 23, 30, 41, he says, man, we deserve to die for our evil deeds. Like, we're, we're getting kind of what we deserve. I mean, sin has a consequence, right? And we talked about this as we unpacked the Apostles' Creed, right? There's there's two deaths that the Bible speaks of. There's physical death, but there's also a second death, a spiritual death. And and this 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 uh, thief, he understands, man. I like I'm I, I'm getting the natural overflow of a sinful heart. I'm getting what I deserve. In fact, one of the, I think one of the, one of the biggest uh, problems that the human race faces really is this idea that we take sin far more lightly than God takes sin. I'm not talking about kind of a self-flagellation thing. I'm I'm talking about you understand that that if you're here this morning, you're a Christian, you're a follower of Christ, you understand that your salvation, while incredibly free to you, came at an incredibly high cost to God. God takes sin so seriously that he, in order to have relationship with you, he poured out his just wrath on sin on his son in your behalf. And so the beginning point of having a creed that saves is is to understand your standing before God. Then this thief makes another very important confession as part of his creed. He's got an important, he's got an appropriate understanding that Jesus is without sin. By the way, I hope you're beginning to hear the Apostles' Creed here. There's truths that come out of the mouth of this thief on the cross that we affirmed as we went through the Apostles' Creed. Luke 23, 41, he says, we deserve to die for our deeds, but guess what? This man, he hasn't done anything wrong. Wow, that's an amazing declaration. All right? why we affirm that, uh, that, that, that Christ was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that and why that's important that Jesus, while 100% man and he's also 100% divine, he was without sin. He was the one, he's the second Adam. He's the one person that didn't deserve to die. Yet Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe. And he was the only appropriate sacrifice to pay a debt that we owed. He suffered. He he took upon himself the wrath of God for sinners. Jesus for sinners was slain. And this thief understood that. And then he made a fourth part of his confession. He had an appropriate understanding of Jesus as king. He had an appropriate understanding of Jesus as king. Check this out in Luke chapter 23, verse 42. Then Jesus said, remember me when you come into your kingdom." Remember me when you come into your kingdom, man. I could I could spend an hour here, okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an overview. All right. This thief understood that Jesus is the king of a kingdom. First of all, right? He's king of kings. This thief understood that he's lord of lords. This thief understood that death could not separate Jesus from his kingdom. Amazing, right? That's why your creed's so important. Pastor Andrew reminded us last week that, you know, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in, in us if you're a follower of Jesus, right? Death no longer as a Christian separates you from Christ's kingdom. Isn't that amazing? This thief understood that Jesus was the hope of the kingdom of eternal life. Hey, you're gonna, there's something that you're able to do. And then this thief made a, a very humble request of Jesus. He didn't pray the sinner's prayer He didn't go to church all of his life. He made one simple, humble request. What is it? You guys know? Remember me. Isn't that amazing? Just remember me. And then the most important part of this whole passage is really the confession of the third person, the creed, if you will, of the third person. Now, I told you guys a couple weeks ago that, that when a person died of crucifixion, they usually died of asphyxiation, right? Uh, it wasn't the, it just the bloodiness of the nails and, the, and all that, but it was actually you would die under your own body weight, that hanging across cross. Eventually, in order to breathe, you'd have to push up on the nails and on your feet and take a breath, and then you'd sink back down, you'd exhale, and eventually you could, didn't have the strength to push up any longer. So this is Pastor Sean's glorified uh, um, imagery here, okay? I, the Bible doesn't say this. This is just me thinking out loud, but here's how I see it, right? This thief says to Jesus, hey, Do me, just remember me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom and the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the son of God pushes up, takes in a breath and as he exhales, he says, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. That's a great promise, church. It's the hope of eternal life offered to the dying. In fact, in a very real sense, you and I are the walking dead. In a very real sense, apart from the person and work of Christ. And Jesus, the king of kings, declares otherwise over his followers. That death does not have final say. So let me finish with this this morning. Which creed is yours? Which creed is yours? Because we all confess something. We all live by a creed. Our hearts, our actions are an overflow of what you believe. Of the creed inside your heart. Some of you here this morning, your creed goes something like this. I believe making more money will make me happy. And that dictates your life. Some of you here this morning get up and you go, I believe that a boyfriend or a girlfriend will somehow satisfy all of my needs. And so goes your life. Some of you here this morning say, I believe that a better job will make my life complete. Some of you here this morning, your your creed is, I believe that the next high will solve all of my problems. And so your life is dictated by asphyxiating on the next high. Some of you here this morning, and, and, and by the way, this one's bumping up against Pastor Sean's idols, right? Is that, man, I believe that the approval of man will satisfy me. And we'll stand before the God of the universe, man, and we will give answer to our creed. And here's the deal, there's no faking it with God. Because more than verbal assent, man, the Bible's very clear, he's gonna, he'll see our hearts. And he'll see what's True. And some of us are going to stand before God and we're going to utter, man, I believed you were unfair, or I believed you were not worth believing, or I believed I was better on my own, or I believed you were a joke, or I believed you were not even worth investigating. But a person is no fool who considers what their creed will be when they stand before God. A person is no fool who lives with the end in view. And so here's my prayer for you this morning, church. It's that your creed will be a humble whisper, a humble prayer to the one who dispenses much mercy and the one who dispenses much grace, the one who took the penalty for sin upon himself and the one who clothes us in his righteousness by grace alone through faith alone. My prayer for you this morning is your humble prayer will be, remember me. And Jesus will say to you today, and today you will be with me in paradise. Church, we praise God for his son, our savior, Jesus Christ, our only hope. And my prayer for you this morning is just will be your confession. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Let's close with prayer. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning. You've taken this kind of this deep theological journey with us through the creed, and and today I wanted to kind of make it at a crossroads, and I want to say, ask you, what's your creed? What's your heart confess? What is it that you really believe? Maybe this morning as I was teaching, there's just been this moment of clarity and you go, you know what, I, I have been believing that money or relationships or the next high or the next experience, man, that will breathe life into my soul. And maybe as I'm teaching, you're man, I'm exhausted by that. And this morning, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want my creed to change. And I want to confess the one who gives life and confess the one who gives grace and so what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And one of the things I always say, there's nothing magical about prayer. This is just an opportunity to do business with the God of the universe who loves us, sent his son for us, whose spirit is working in our hearts and gives us opportunities to connect with him. So I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if that's you, I just want you to pray it along in your heart. And you use this as an opportunity to do business with God. So let's pray. God, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I simply ask, will you please remember me? God, I desperately, I I admit this morning, I desperately need saving from the penalty of my sin. I recognize this morning Jesus as you're the king of a kingdom. I recognize Jesus as you as the sinless one who conquered death. And I recognize you as the only hope for this life and the life to come. And as best I understand it this morning, I place my trust in God's son, my savior. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Amen and amen. All right, so if you prayed that this morning, you'd like to let me know on the side of that bulletin as a tear-off. and You just fill it out and say, "Hey, Pastor Sean, I'd like to talk to someone. I, I prayed with you this morning. I'd like to talk about my spiritual journey. Uh, we'd love to know more about that. We will get with you this week. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a little transition, unfortunately, or fortunately maybe i got to do a little church business, okay? And then I've got a special treat for you this morning, okay? So, um... So, to this morning is this morning we're going to vote uh, on the purchase of Kroger. And I, we've spent a lot of time sharing with you guys the vision. Uh, I do want to add a little bit of clarity this morning that this vote is not signing a contract. This vote is not purchasing Kroger. This vote is really the membership saying, hey, we're behind the leadership to continue down this journey. Does that make sense? And so, just like when you buy a house, uh, we're now on the stage where we're going to do due diligence, okay, and make sure that we're not buying a lemon. Does that make sense? And so, we're not coming with any money to the table till we know that this is a good purchase for Coastal. Uh, so this week, the contract went in front of our lawyer. He made some changes. Okay, we're going to put some contingencies in. We're going to send it back to them. We'll sign that, send it back to them. Uh, we did find out, so here's a couple prayer points, okay? We did find out that they actually have another offer, they're, but they're honoring our contract. They offers for more money. So, uh, so God is still with us. Just keep praying, okay? And then this week, we're going to begin to do our due diligence. Like, we're going to try to look at the HVAC system, make sure that suit our needs, okay? If it doesn't, that would be a big expense, but let's pray that's not the case because the, the, essentially the million dollars we're trying to raise, it does not include things like that. So we just want to keep being prayerful. Does that make sense? And so, you know, we're going to do our due diligence going forward, If assuming the vote is yes. And, and so next week, uh, I'll give you a little update on that, as I know, and I'll give you a, we'll give you uh, the report on the vote, okay? So here's how we're going to do this, okay? Everybody should have a green card, okay? If you didn't get one, just on your way out, go get one. We didn't, mean to overlook you. We really want everybody to have one. We want you to to place your vote, sign your name, and do that kind of thing, okay? So I'm going to give you a minute to do that. feel like I should play Jeopardy music. Um, But so if you guys would just uh, fill that out and and here's what we're going to do. We're just going to have you drop that in the offering plate. Okay. So with that, uh, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward and you guys can come forward now. Okay. Usually, I know we usually play music, but I'll let you come forward now. And then I want to do something really special. You guys are in for a treat this morning. Um, As you may know, tonight down at the Hampton Coliseum, there's a concert with uh, some artists. Chris Tomlin's in town.